The pandemic forced all companies, agencies, and businesses into developing, adapting, and evaluating new models for business and service delivery. From ride-sharing delivery of food to remote work, many of these new adaptations and operations are remaining with us post-pandemic. Greetings again. I'm Adam Morgan. The Area Agencies on Aging is one of those government units with direct services to older adults, which was required to develop new models for contact during the pandemic. Across the country, including here in Colorado, the AAAs, as they are also called, kept their qualifying older adults in need with food, transportation to appointments, to being connected to mitigate isolation. On this edition, we learn how the area agency in Phoenix, Arizona, continues to use techniques developed during the pandemic, similar to their counterparts here in Colorado, with Melissa Elliott, Senior Vice President Programs and Services, and Cindy Saverino, Vice President Planning and Program Development. I think that the pandemic accelerated it. I think, you know, needs like transportation, food insecurity, They've been around for a long time, especially for the older adult population. But I think what we saw with the pandemic is that people were able to, there was just a removal of barriers more than I have ever seen before. Uh, Rather than kind of making excuses about why we can't do this or why we can't partner, why we can't do it this way, it seemed like everybody was more um, engaged in let's just make it happen. And so I think in some areas those barriers were removed that maybe would not have been removed. And now that they have been removed, we can see the benefit and we know how to kind of move forward without those barriers. So in my opinion, the pandemic just accelerated all of that. It wasn't so much that the issues were new, they were just heightened mm-hmm. uh, by by the impact of the pandemic. Now, I guess the the converse question is then, since the health emergency is being called off now uh, and, and uh, companies want their employees to come back to work, mm-hmm. that means they're going to be starting to do some of the same things again. Will we revert back to what we used to do before the pandemic hit or keep those going and build upon them? I think we're going to keep those going and just build upon what we have. Yeah, um, you know, in, in, in Phoenix, again, we have a huge older adult population it's it's exploding um you know we're a retirement state so i think the things the the services that we offered we're going to continue and we're just going to expand upon them and and keep going you know again our ceo we had stated you know she's very innovative always coming up with new ideas how to better serve that population um and so um i think we're just gonna yeah keep it going when the pandemic started, I know area agencies on aging, you get calls mm-hmm. all the time needing help. What happened? Did the phone explode completely? And what area did they need the most help in? So the phone did explode. I mean, we jumped 20,000 calls in one year um, in a pretty short amount of time. The The call volume increased. Um, And what was identified were needs for housing, transportation, and the biggest one um, was access to food um, and supplies. So people were fearful of going out. When they did go out, they couldn't get the things that they needed. Um, Getting there to go out or to get to medical appointments when maybe they relied on other community safety nets that no longer existed because of COVID. 
Um, so those were the needs that we saw right away was the food, food insecurity issues, access to supplies, and transportation for sure. So how did you handle the keep six feet apart, the distancing, and, and people not wanting to be around each other, but they needed you all to bring them what they had to have. You probably had to come up with rules for your delivery people as to what to do, leave it on the porch and walk away. How, <laughs> what did you do there? Yeah, I mean, you know, again, we took all the necessary precautions, you know, gloves and masks, and, and again, if it if it came to, I guess, you know, leaving groceries on the doorstep and letting people know, we would do that, again, just for their own safety. So I'll give you uh, one really specific example. Uh, when we first started delivering the food boxes and we got them from the food bank, the food bank um, required a certain uh, piece of paper be filled out so that they could track um, the boxes and where they were going. And we were we were fine with that. We wanted to be respectful of their processes. But one of the items on the paper was a, a, a client signature. And so uh, our CEO, through advocacy, was able to get that barrier removed so that we did not have to obtain a client signature uh, because it didn't make sense to us that here we were trying to keep our distance, but yet we were going to hand them a pen and be in close proximity. So in the very early days and continuing for a while, we were able to remove barriers like that. And yes, they could leave the food box at the door um, if the client felt more comfortable and if the volunteer felt more comfortable. And then, of course, we took all other precautions as well. You bring up something that's something else that, that's very, very interesting as well. You not only had to coordinate for your clients, you had to also coordinate for your providers and, and get a lot of help out of them and ask them to change their procedures too. Which one was hardest to deal with? Maybe the providers more than the people who really needed the food. Yeah, I, I think that's probably true, probably the providers over the, the clients. Um, you know, again, we had to change our processes with COVID. Um, you know, home care agencies, um, you know, clients did not want their home care agency, their, their worker in the home, so we had to be creative. Uh, Home-delivered home meals, we had to be creative with that. As, you know, Mel Melissa said that instead of having the client sign for the, the meal, we had the driver sign for the meal. I mean, we had to, had to make um, the necessary changes in order to accommodate the needs at that time. Yeah, most definitely, yeah. Yeah, and we did, you know, like the, um, the senior centers did grab-and-go meals instead of congregate meals so people could go pick up a meal and then take it home. Um, and then, again, we increased our home-delivered meal program that was serving like 700,000 people. Then just, you know, it, it increased to like 750,000 to 1.4 million. So, um, and again, changing processes how to best meet those needs so that people did get the food because it wasn't just the food boxes it was also those those individuals that were going to the senior centers or getting a home delivered meal we wanted to make sure that that continued so you did meals as well as grocery shopping where they did their own cooking then how'd you keep all that stuff separated I mean the meals is something that we did before the pandemic it's a core service of the area agency um, and I think um, we just, you know, we really focused on what the client need was. So 
Um, if the food box wasn't meeting their need, then we would refer them maybe for home delivered meals. Or if the, the food box wasn't meeting their needs and what they really wanted was to shop for the items that they liked, then we would refer them to the shopping program. And so, you know, there was a lot built in to get feedback from the people that were receiving the service so that we could we could change things up in real time if we needed to. We have talked a lot about food. Did some need clothing as well? We didn't hear as much about clothing. Um, the two biggest ones that we heard about were food and then access to, like, cleaning supplies, toiletries, those kind of items. And also the, the PPE, the protective equipment during the COVID, you know, the masks, the gloves, things like that we were able to provide as well. You also talked about today transportation. Mm -hmm. So you help them get to appointments. Uh, What else did they have to get to? I mean, our program really focused on appointments, um, but maybe, you know, we could pick up kind of whatever safety net they were using in the community. Some relied on volunteers or some relied on neighbors or some relied on people that weren't as willing to have that social contact. Uh, during the pandemic. So we really focused on the medical appointments. That's what we felt was the most important need for those individuals. But then I think, you know, if they needed access to food or needed access to something else that maybe they typically drove themselves or someone else drove them, then we would look at other programs that we had that might be able to assist them um, so that we could just provide them the transportation. Did you hear from any clients that had a special assistance you hadn't had to face before? You had to create a whole new procedure for or a whole new direction to get resolved? I mean, I think, you know, there were food box clients, I think, that couldn't come to the door. Um, so there was, you know, what what do we do about that? Do we set it? I think what we did is we set it inside the door so that they could little by little unpack their food. Um, so, um, I mean, they're definitely, I'm, I'm, I can't think of them off the top of my head right now, but there definitely were special situations that we kind of had to see how we could address. Did you have older adults that had pet needs as yeah. well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in fact, we would, uh, in the beginning, with part of the pandemic. I mean, some of it, we were buying dog and cat food and, and helping them out that way because, again, they weren't able to get it or go to the store to get it. So we were providing that as well. Now that the pandemic, again, is, is receding, are your calls receding too? Are people still needing the help that that you have started providing? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. I mean, calls have not uh, been reduced at all. In fact, they're staying up around, you know, the 60-some thousand calls per per year. I mean, we're just day by day. I mean, more and more people are needing the help, and so the area agency is there to provide it as best as we can. Has the state been able to give you more financial support to the area agencies? I know most of it comes through the Older Americans Act. But have they been able to fill the gap some because of the increased need? You know, during COVID, again, there was, you know, the federal government um, was able to provide different buckets of funding. Um, And, you know, that was great during the pandemic. However, like the ARPA funding, the American Rescue Plan, however, that's going to be coming to an end in September of 2024. So, uh, again, there hasn't been any talk of any additional funding Um, And that's a concern for us um, as we are moving forward with all these programs. And again, we want to be able to sustain these programs. How do we go about doing that? Um, But right now, um, there has not been any 
talk of additional funding coming out of the state or the you know the federal government so yeah you must have an incredible volunteer program too to get people to carry food around to to drive people wherever they have to go what would you say to the listening corps that we have here how they can get involved with their area agency on aging and be a good strong volunteer for them so I mean, there are area agencies all over the U.S., um, and so wherever you live, um, there is an area agency. Um, you can go to um, Elder Care Locator, and that's how you can find the area agency near you. But I think, um, you know, area agencies are always, well, area agencies are very creative. They do a lot of innovative programs, and so I think um, just reaching out to them, asking them what type of volunteer opportunities they have available. How can I be a part of your team and your service? They probably will have ideas or they have specific volunteer roles that you can fulfill. I was amazed by the volunteer efforts that came uh, to us during the pandemic. I mean, the food box program still is specifically, we have such dedicated volunteers. Some come, we only deliver now Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, but some come every one of those days. Um, and then we have, you know, a volunteer that comes every day to pack stuff for the food boxes. And so they just really believe that what they're doing is making a difference, and it is. And I think it was, it's just great that they can be utilized um, in that way. So I think if you feel like volunteering, you should definitely reach out because there probably is, you know, an area agency or somebody that needs, needs your help. I'm going to throw this in. Is this also something that young adults and young people intergenerationally can get involved in so they can know how to give service back to the community in which they live? Oh, yeah, most definitely. I mean, I think that, you know, it's particularly, you know, working with older adults, I think, you know, high schoolers, um, you know, um, college students, uh, it's a great way to gain that experience, especially for those, you know, that may be going into a particular field, a social work field, or, you know, it's, it's great to have that experience under their belt. Just how new models of service delivery were created during the pandemic will be continuing as the COVID health emergency is being ended is our focus. With us are Melissa Elliott and Cindy Savarino from the Area Agency on Aging in Phoenix, Arizona. Our interview was at the American Society on Aging National Conference. I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch. Get those COVID and flu shots should you need them. And many thanks to you as well for sharing a few moments of your weekend with us.